0: everyone. Welcome back to What Now? A podcast for the lost and found. I'm your host, Amanda. Today's episode is extra special. Case Kenny is on the podcast this week. He and I had a wonderful conversation talking about how he got started in the mindfulness industry and became an, an author and a writer of uh, multiple journals and now a book coming out in 2024. He is also a DJ and is really into music and uh, has been uh, a speaker and panelist for a while now, um, working in the self-improvement, wellness, mindfulness industry. And he was gracious enough to uh, give us some time and his tips and tricks throughout his career path and things that he's learned about himself and what he hopes that his messages can convey and provide to either his listeners or his followers on his social media platforms. And I'm just super excited and very grateful that he came on the show. I really enjoyed getting to pick his brain and uh, talk to him and learn from him, quite honestly, uh, especially with the things that he talked about for how to shift your perspective and things to pay attention to, particularly in this industry. If you are considering going into content creation and podcasting full time, like things you can do, things you can avoid, uh, to help build out your yourself and your skills and your branding and what you want to do in particular, you know, if you're a larger more um popular group or individual, how to things to consider for your own business and how to scale and just lessons that he's learned from his own his own path. So, I am super grateful to have had him on the show and I won't take up too much time here. We'll dive right into his interview. But for now, don't forget to like subscribe, leave a review, let us know uh, what you enjoyed about the show. If you have any comments and uh, feedback for case, you know, definitely submit it um, in the description of the show. We've got all of his contact information and my contact information as well. You can always reach out to me at askwhatnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to share the episode with a friend if uh, you think anything that we talk about today would be helpful to them. I am always super appreciative to hear from my listeners and engage with all of you and learn about what you like and what you look forward to hearing more about. So without further ado, Case Kenny. All right, everybody, welcome back to What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. This is your host Amanda. I am here with Case Kenny, a famous author and writer, and host of the hit mindfulness podcast called New Mindset Who Dis. He is also a DJ and a talented content creator, reminding us how to navigate life through uh, quick quips and uh, wonderful short stories to help you stay on the right path. So, everybody, please welcome Case Kenny.
1: Hi, right, thank you. Very kind of you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, I'm super excited to have you here. I have been a follower of your podcast for a long time before I ever even started mine. So this is uh I'll do my best not to not to fangirl <laughs> out too much. Uh so it's very exciting. I have been wanting to learn from other creators and I thought you would bring a great perspective that I can't provide my audience. Um you, you work in a different world from than I do. So I'm excited to pick your brain. Let's do it. Yeah, Sure, well, to dive in first, for some of my listeners who may not know you, could you just provide a quick background on who you are and the work you're doing in the self-improvement mindfulness industry?
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah. It's, I, you know, I joke that I share my feelings for a living. That's kind of my professional um, title. Uh, practically, I, host, I do host the podcast, New Mindset Who I've been doing that for almost six years. Um, it's with the Series XM Media Network, which is great. Um, written a bunch of books, created a bunch of products, and do a lot in music as well. Really, it's, it's a passion for mindfulness and bringing it to life in as many different ways as possible, whether that's through the spoken word on the podcast, written word, quotes on Instagram, how a lot of people know me. Um, I've created products that are in Target and Walmart, bringing different elements of mindfulness to life. Uh, music as well. I do a fair amount of um, speaking and in-person sessions. So really it's just a, a 360 degree passion for this topic and bringing it to life in ways that touch culture, whether that's music or books or sound or smell, even um, that's, you know, that's my passion. I am 35 and before this, I had a whole career, um, but this is where everything has led me.
0: Oh, very cool. So. You would have had to pivot. I'm assuming. So, where where were you before internet fame and the the mindfulness lifestyle and promotions? Um, where Where did you grow up? and What did you study?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm from Chicago. Grew up in Virginia. I went to Notre Dame. Um, I majored in Chinese and Arabic, totally out of left field for a oh, wow, tall, yeah. pale, white dude from from the Midwest. Um, but I was always good at it. It was just a weird thing. I wasn't good at a lot of other traditional subjects. I tried pre med. Uh, wasn't great at you know uh, accounting, um, but was always really good at languages. Um, lived in China for a little bit, but then as uh, life happens, uh, I ended up not having a career built on those subjects. Uh, I ended up working in advertising uh, right out of school in, in Chicago in 2011. Um, and that was a really rewarding experience because you learn a lot through advertising, especially like through some of the big advertising agencies, where you really get um, to understand, you know, everything from media buying to analytics to you know people in psychology and creative copywriting. Um, eventually, through that, I ended up in uh, advertising technology sales. So versus being on the more creative side, being on the more technology side, selling technology to these large agencies. Um, And that was really, really rewarding. I always point to my time doing sales for almost eight years, leading a team as really pivotal in my life as far as character building, career building, of course. Um, But it was somewhere along the way there in 2018 that I started the podcast, basically as a a challenge to myself to, to formulate thoughts and just be honest with myself and, you know, show myself that I had a point of view on topics that we tend to stray away from. And you know, the rest is, is kind of honestly history there. Um, you know, the podcast started to do really well right out the gate. I think podcasting in 2018 is a little bit different than today. Um, and you know, I kept the episode short and sweet and then, you know, eventually, and then COVID hit. And in the midst of that, I was still working both jobs. Um, I don't know. There was just this large surge in interest in what I had to say. People were cooped up. People were feeling anxious, so it kind of really accelerated things. And then I, I created some guided journals, wrote a book, um, and eventually, um, in I get my timeline right. I think at the end of twenty twenty two. 21. <laughs> One of those years, I quit my job to do this. So I've been doing this full time for about two years and it's been amazing. Eventually moved from Chicago to Miami.
0: Very cool. No, you, clearly you've had a, a winding road somehow all related still a little bit. I feel like social media yeah. does still have its own element of marketing because now you have your books and you have uh, events that you can go to or uh, panels that you're on. So you're constantly promoting yourself. So I'm sure having those skill sets in the back of your mind has been pretty helpful. I used to work in national security, so I used to be with the FBI as an analyst, and during COVID was my pivotal moment too. Um, I just started the podcast in October of 23, so I'm I'm very new, but I left that 10-year career and went back home and started working uh, for my family's marketing firm. So I'm in marketing now, and I kind of feel like I've got a giant learning curve (laughs) all over the place (laughs) trying to... Figure out my new place in the world, so I'm curious i I know my moment and my reasoning behind why I needed to shift careers or when I finally wanted to take the leap and get out. but how about for you you know how did you know that you needed to change your career path? were you just were you bored or was there something specific, you know like a decisive moment, or was it kind of over time? you know a lot of my followers or listeners are people that are going through. Uh, similar self-loss or identity crises kind of like trying to find Mm -hmm. their purpose so how did you know it was time to make a change and and what was it
1: yeah it's a good question i mean i was never of the variety of people who are like yeah like turn your 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 hobby into a passion and leave your job as like leaving your job is like the point of success um, I never really agreed with that because it puts a lot of pressure on you to, to leave, to go and do this thing. Obviously, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if one day I, I just wrote for a living and spoke for a living, but it was never my, my goal or my objective. And you know, I purposely stayed in that job for as long as I could because mm-hmm. I, I had a little bit of mature forward thinking and realizing that you know, your biggest asset in growing your own business or growing your own brand or your own creative outlet writing speaking podcasting um is is leverage specifically financial leverage if i were to leave have left my job the moment i had a lick of success with the podcast i know exactly what the the following year would have been like i left my job that would mean that from that day i needed to take any deal that came my way i would need to scrap together i would need to i would need i would need to say yes to everything in order to to pay rent to do all these things Mm because i didn't have have that financial leverage anymore so i purposely did them parallel for a long time to prove that i could build the brand as i wanted to and i didn't have to take every deal or say yes to everything so i could really build it in its purest form and the result was when i did leave i was like yes i you know i built this and it's mine and i didn't you know dilute the the vision that i had for it i think to answer your question succinctly at a certain point you know um during uh Covid, I went from zero dollars sold on this journal that I created to to several million in gross sales, and it just like you know wasn't intentional necessarily. It just kind of happened, and I was like, well, okay, well clearly there's a there's a P and L here that I could follow. There's a model here, and then you know I created different planes to make money from from speaking and writing and products. Where eventually I was like, oh, this this just makes sense. Like I've out earned my Income at my job this is something I'm passionate about. Why don't we take a risk and see where it leads? so it was a very like patient decision. it was never a matter of like rushing out of that job and finally putting in my two weeks notice and saying I'm going out on my own um it wasn't that although I love that for some people. I know that's a huge identity sure. shift moment for me it was it was slowly building this thing realizing how drawn I was to it, realizing that it was feasible economically and then one day. Um, you know just looking at all things considered money impact future kind of what I had worked you know so hard on and realizing that it, you know I, I could rely on it and then take the risk and uh, did it Well, oh, that's
0: amazing and I really appreciate you saying that you're not telling people to just run out and get out of here like just never drop everything and hope for the best because that doesn't always you're right. It it may not always work out and it's ex- it's extremely risky and I know that's scary for some people to go out on their own and it takes a lot of tenacity and bravery to to see it through. So, and congratulations on your sales. Like that's phenomenal, right? Like it ended up being good timing, but clearly it's a product that people relate to and find useful and they can turn back to again and again. I um I admit I have looked at the books, but I I haven't actually had the chance to purchase a journal yet, but the snippets that you're always sharing, uh, the content that is available um, from your social media seems to be very impactful. And a lot of people seem to be responding well to it, or at least being willing, even though they've never met you, they're willing to share their growth or how your your writing has impacted them. So I'm sure that's, I don't know if that's surreal for you still or not. Like for me, I feel like I don't know if I'd ever get over the fact that like, there's somebody always listening. There's somebody's always reading. There's somebody that this can help, even if it didn't help me today. I know it'll help somebody else.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it is. It is strange. I mean, admittedly, it's lost on me a little bit because I've been doing it for so long, um, and it, it's tough for our brains to like really understand like the way that people are engaging with us because we're not in the same room and we don't know these people. It's it's right. this very you know voyeuristic life that that we live and it, and it is strange to you know to look at numbers and realize that those are people individual people who have liked or shared or consumed or bought something that came out of your brain like it is it is strange um but i mean it's obviously the greatest gift ever like the internet has truly allowed for us to 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 take something that is personal to us and share it and then realize that it's likely personal to other people too and then for those people to evangelize for you It's, it's really quite crazy. Um, and I think, you know, practically the ability to, to see that happen requires a lot of consistency. Like, I mean, I've released almost 600 podcast episodes, written thousands of quotes, you know, I've released eight books. Um, I've done hundreds of interviews, um, you know, these, and I started doing that while working the other job you know, it wasn't like hit the ground running from zero when I left. It was, I was already at 70%. Um, and you know, that made the pressure a little less and my confidence a little more, um, following leaving. And now, now, you know, the model is, is clear and yeah, to your point, it's, it's wild that people, you know, support people like myself, um, you know, so vocally.
0: No, that's super cool. Well, I'm curious if we could dig into kind of the nitty gritty—not always the fun stuff to talk about—but I think it's important. What, if you can share, what were some challenges or some unexpected obstacles that you faced when you first pivoted careers or when you first got started? Um, No,
1: well, everything. I mean, if one of the—I don't know how to say this—one of the worst times I think to have quit your job to do your passion was in. 2021, 2022, especially Mm -hmm. in e commerce, right? E commerce had this insane heyday over COVID, right? Because people were buying goods online in insane droves, so much more than retail. So everything was skewed for a couple of years there, where I would create a journal and I would publish it and I would sell hundreds of thousands of copies of it. And the reality is now looking back was, yes, there's a lot of demand for those. And yes, I did a good job creating this and marketing it. But it was also a bubble. <laughs> it was an e-commerce bubble that was the result of these crazy macro and micro micro uh, variables of COVID uh, and consumer habits. So Great. to answer your question, the challenge was I quit my job. And then all of a sudden, the, the spending power, online enthusiasm for direct-to-consumer products, it waned. And then add on to that, if we're getting really, really nitty gritty, running a direct-to-consumer direct to consumer e-commerce business requires a lot of advertising and marketing. And like anyone in the business, I was running a lot of paid ads. Apple came along and changed a lot of their privacy um, constraints and it decimated the advertising industry. Not mm-hmm. a lot of people outside of advertising know about this, but it changed everything. It made your ads super difficult to reach the right people. Um, so you'd have to spend a lot more to sell your products, and it wiped millions of businesses off the face of the planet. Uh, luckily, not mine, but add that to the pot. Changing macro advertising constraints, it changed a lot of things. So that was a big challenge for me, having come out of these these couple of years during during COVID, being like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. Like I create, I, cre- I spent time creating this product. I sell the product that does well. I create more. And then you quit your job only to realize that that's not um, forever. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of my evolution following quitting um, has been pivoting, you know, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and continuing to do that in lieu of recession, recession. changing habits, more competition. When I first started releasing journals, there were a couple. Now there's a million, um, which is fantastic and I love, um, but it requires me to say, okay, what is something more valuable that I can create for people to support myself? How can I turn my passion for mindfulness into something that people um, can use in their lives? So it's been just an ever-changing, ever-evolving challenge. But, you know, I would expect nothing less. It's just an interesting timing um, observation with, with COVID and everything. Um, and then I would also say, you know, I mean, learning along the way, like you know, I've got a background in, in sales and marketing and advertising. I don't have a background in operations, logistics, things like that. Learning right. what it takes to get warehouses across the U.S., learning what it takes to get, you know, your product to people. And then now, as I've moved away from being more e-commerce and into authorship, Learning what it takes to to create a great book and get a good deal and, and sell your book and market your book and all these things. So, um, you know, it's just learning, learning things you've never done before.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It sounds incredibly overwhelming. D- despite being able to like slowly transition yourself into it, you're still diving, in, diving into the deep end of the water, right? Like you're not. You don't fully have a safety net, um, so you are kind of figuring it out as you go. And I've I've found that as well. I do still work full time, so this is a side project for me. But I am I'm really enjoying it, and I do uh, I love getting it ready, and I love promoting it, um, and learning new things. But I have quickly realized that the post production I am not that's not my strong suit. So like I know that someday I'd love to be able to learn from someone else or get it. Get the project built up as far as I can take it and then have the humility to be like, I need to hire somebody that's better than me because <laughs> they will help me actually make this come to fruition and come to life the way that it deserves to. But it's really hard when you're a one one man show. Uh, do you have a team that you work with for new mindset or have you mostly been running it yourself and everybody else is virtual? Like how does that work for e-commerce, right? Like if you don't have a storefront necessarily, how does Case Kenny get his day done?
1: Yeah, I mean, I am. I tend to do most things myself. Um, you know, any projects that I need done outside of myself, I'll usually hire on a freelance basis. So, like, I've worked with a bunch of designers and, um, you know, some some marketing people. For the most part, now in my current state, where I'm mostly focused just on the podcast and my books, is right. you know, I have a publicist, I have a manager agent. Um, and then, you know, I've got expenses like an editor, um, for my book and and things like that. But for the most part, you know, I think being successful as a creator is about simplicity. Like the second you start building a team is when you're building a business. And as much as being a creator is building a business, I think there is a fine line between having a vision for, I want to build a business with a team and an executive team and layers. That is very different from saying, I have this skill and this talent, call it writing. And I want to. I want to turn that into an empire, you know, within that, the idea should be to be as lean as possible because your your model is as simple as possible um, and your expenses are as lean as possible. So for me, you know, I've made investments where um, I know that they're important, namely on the, on the press side and on the management side. Um, but everything else is, you know, I, I like to be flexible. So it's a matter of having an editor when I need them um, you know, photographer, things like that, having that network, but otherwise not being tethered to, you know, a contract or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good to know. And actually a, a good perspective for people that might be considering going forth, you know, following in your footsteps in some way or not, you know, how to, how to consider that balance and really think about what is your end game, right? Like, do you, you want to be the brand. If it's you, you don't necessarily need as deep of a team as you might think initially. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. You really so don't. If, I think a lot of people yeah. think like, oh yeah, I'm going to need all these people. Yeah. I mean, definitely as you get bigger, for sure, need, need more people. But for the most part, like you should prove that you could do it on your own. You should prove that you have the ability to do the sales for your business or whatever it is. And then once you've proved that, then you bring in a salesperson. Um, I think mm-hmm. doing it the other way around is um, A burden that sometimes you can't really recover from.
0: Sure. Um,
1: So, again, patience, I think, is the name of the game.
0: Did you ever deal with much self doubt? Like, when you, I guess, maybe not when you initially just started, because you definitely believed in yourself enough to change your job and start the career. But were there ever moments where you're kind of like, is this actually working? Is this really the right idea? Like, can I make yeah, this come sure. to fruition or not? And like, yeah, how I mean, did you I battle think- that?
1: on the more meta side i mean in the well in the wellness space like i think uh, most creators feel a little bit of doubt who am i to give life advice who am i to do these things so i think that one is an ever present thing which i think is healthy right keep keep yourself skeptical yeah. a little bit um but i think a lot of times in the beginning that kind of prevented me from like really stepping into what i wanted to do and like being fully uh, present and, and confident in it that that like who am i i'm just a guy in my 30s who am i you know, to, to be giving advice about this or about that. So I think that was something that I had to kind of get over for one. Um, and then, you know, on the more practical side, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when I quit that job following that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. i had invested eight years into that role. I started as an account executive, left as a regional vice president, led a whole team. Like, you know, there was an essence, there was a, you know, phrase in my head of throwing it away. I was throwing it away. Um, was something that I kind of had to not (laughs) say because that's obviously not accurate. But, you know, it was a battle for a while there for myself to say, you know, I've got this. You know, I proved to myself that I could start a role before in advertising and sales, and I did fine. And this is an an evolution of it. And now I'm older. Like, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. Um, I'm confident in myself. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. This isn't a, a find myself era. This is a prove myself because I know myself era. And I think, uh, you know, that gave me a sense of calm. Um, and then you just take things month by month um, and you have a smart head on your shoulders. You keep costs minimal. Um, you realize that to make a dollar tomorrow, the foundation of that had to have been laid a long time ago. So like the things that I'm working on today will be released in in August. Like it's it's all forward thinking as well. Mm. So I think all those things considered has kind of helped give me some peace and calm and, and confidence to move forward.
0: Oh, that's great. I I appreciate that. That's really good insight. I'm curious um, for those of you who are listening and you may not know, if you don't follow Case on Instagram, he is famous for writing messages to you either on his coffee cup or on Post-it notes spread throughout the cities that he's visiting. So I was curious, for the red Sharpie notes, the red ink notes, where did you get your inspiration to start those? And are any of these statements that you discovered or you grew to believe over time? Or are they things that you've just always known and therefore you write it down and it's so easy to say it?
1: Uh, no, I think I, they they're come from one or two places. They either come from the podcast um, and the, the, the red Sharpie is my way of saying, okay, I talked on the podcast for 20 minutes, just myself on a topic. Let me prove to myself that I actually, you know, can, can talk about it succinctly. I think your ability to explain things simply shows mastery or at least shows understanding. So for me, it's always been a challenge. I can wrap on the podcast for 20 minutes on my own about a topic. I love to talk just because I could drone on about something doesn't mean I understand it. Let's prove that I understand it, or at least that I can communicate it simply. So that's always been mission number one. Mission number two has been, let me take a topic that is confusing, that confuses me, that challenges me, that I'm still wrapping my head around. Can, in 12 words, I present an understanding of it that I aspire to have? And let me do that. So it's always, it's always been a lesson in summary and a lesson in like creative um, creativity like uh, number 1 let me let me summarize these topics that I talk about in the podcast in, in in quick cheeky witty ways and number 2 things that I'm still trying to figure out in life or that I'm trying to convey conviction about let me see if I can come up with something i think a lot of the writing is in reaction to other people like the writing's all original but a lot of the structure isn't like i love hopping on twitter and instagram and seeing other people's quotes and they'll mm-hmm. they'll write a quote that's like You know, I want a partner who, you know, loves me every day of the week, whatever. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I like that. What do I want in a partner? So I say, I want a partner who, I'll take the first half of their sentence, and then I'll say, well, here's what I want in a partner. So a lot of it's derivative, right? A lot of it's inspired by other people and what they've written. And then I say, okay, well, now let me put my original idea idea into it. So there's really never any lack of inspiration for what I could write about, the the real challenge, of course, is how can you do it simply? How can you do it uh, originally? Something that is is true to what I believe. Um, and how can I do it with good handwriting? <laughs> that's that's usually the challenge.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, do you ever mis- make mistakes and like scratch it out and start over? Like oh, I yeah. feel like you're super yeah. brave yeah. to be using permanent marker. <laughs> yeah. Every time.
1: Yeah. Yes. I you know <laughs> I save all all the quotes, so it's not a matter of waste. Um, but I, I tend to go through quite a bit of paper. <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. You should invest in some, uh, some Dunder Mifflin stock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so what about th- if you are an author and primarily a writer now, what do you do for writer's block? Like, how do you, do you ever get kind of stuck? You have nearly 600 episodes of your podcast. So you're, what is that? Two a week, right? Um yep do you ever get kind of stuck with what content you want to talk about or the particular message you need to get across? And how do you, how do you overcome your writer's block? Do you have any particular technique or routine that snaps you back out?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Cause I mean, I, I think a couple of different things. I think any good author um, is always, um, their mindset is that of being inspired or being inspirable. Like their whole way that they look at the world is how can this inspire me? So in that sense, like, just the way that I see, the way that I talk, the way that I engage with the world, it's always welcoming in ideas like a sponge. So that, that helps me. So I'm never sitting down and just starting from zero, which is important. And on that note, like I have an insane Google Doc after Google Doc of just ideas. But anytime something strikes me or I see something on the Internet
0: mm-hmm. where you
1: and I are having a conversation, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Let me write that down. So it's, things are always kind of marinating for one. And then um, for two, like when it comes to writer's block, like you've got to know yourself. You've got to know when you do your best work. I, for instance, know that my best time of day, literal time of day is between like 10 and one, like between coffee number one and coffee number two. That's my best time. Anything after that, I tend to be a little wired and a little ADD. So I know that if, if I am required to write something, I need to make time during that time. And then two, also, like, how do you get yourself in the right headspace? Like, you can't just sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to write. You got you to be in the right headspace. So for me, I listen to a lot of music, and I, I do a lot in, in house music and dance music. To me, that's the music that makes me open and honest. It's high energy. The structure to it um, is, is really is progressive as break, build, drop. Um, it's very uplifting. It makes me feel. You combine that with a good prompt, something you've marinated on, coffee one time of day. It does the trick for me. If I'm not feeling engaged, I step away and I come back, and 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 it's that simple. You know, you really can't force these things, but you can know your best zone of of you know genius, as they call it, and that takes a lot of trial and error. And then also for me, because I've been doing this for so long, you know, I've been right. writing, I'm doing the podcast twice a week for six years. I've literally never missed an episode. It's just part of my my week. It's like drinking a water. Like you just do it. You don't really think about it. I don't really ever have to force it is ingrained in, in my lifestyle. I mean, I've been doing this since I was 28. Like it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, so it it becomes simpler. It's like breathing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, I've,
0: I've heard the consistency is key. Most of the advice I've been receiving, um, when I'm asking other people in the industry, they're just like, anybody can claim that they're going to start, but it's the person that keeps showing up every single week, whether it's your really good week or not a great week. Like the fact that you keep putting yourself out there and you keep working on that project slowly but surely, like you put that piece out there, it's going to start becoming just a part of your life. And it, it'll things fall into place when you show up for yourself. So. I think that's yeah. uh some great tips that you have to pay attention to your body, pay attention to when your attention spans actually working or not. Like that's that's really good. Um I am not personally a writer, but I have noticed that I also kind of fall in the same tendency. If I have an idea and it sparks, like I have to write it down. So usually I only have my phone with me, so I'll write down in the notes like all right, episode idea, this this and this quote from this person, or I know this person would be a good guest. They might be able to talk about it kind of a thing. So I, you're probably right. I will copy you again and just keep a giant spreadsheet of do possible, it. And you just possible. Have, you ideas. just have it
1: on your phone. So when you're out and about, you just open it, write yeah. it down and then, and then move on. Um, I mean, to your point about consistency, like this sounds a little bit more aggressive than it, than it is intended. But like, I really do think success when it comes to creative things is about surviving and outlasting <laughs> like i really do like okay. if you could find a way to just survive and not in the sense of like grasping and surviving but just find a way to keep going like i genuinely think it will be rewarded like i i wrote this book that's bold of you and i released it you know 14 months ago mm-hmm. and it did well in the beginning and then it kind of you know just kind of went down as as a lot of things happen when your your big promotional push kind of wears off sure. um, but you know, I kept going, I kept grinding on reminding people that I wrote this thing, reminding people that I'm proud of this thing, that I think this thing will help you and just keep beating my head against the wall in a good way and writing content about it, even though you would write 10 posts and they wouldn't do well. I did an 11th one. And eventually now I'm selling more copies of that book this month than I did the, the month it came out, which is crazy. Like That doesn't happen with books. And, you know, certainly there's, there's an element of luck and longevity here that I've accrued some, some good karma and, you know, some goodwill and a brand and, and market and sure. people recognize me, but that, that came from surviving <laughs> from, let's not call it surviving. Let's call it thriving, right? Thriving as a result okay. of, of consistency. Um, and I, and I think it really does. Like I'm, I, you know, never like to think about other people or about like doing better than other people. I think we could all win, but a lot of it is outlasting your competition. You know, when people have a choice to buy a book or buy a product from two different people, they do have a choice. And a lot of people will call it quits after book one or episode 10, because it's not where they want to be. I think your ability to become a great podcaster or a great author is your ability to keep going. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about why are you doing it in the first place and being rooted Mm -hmm. in why and, and things like that. But I think if you could find that and you make it part of your lifestyle, As opposed to a thing on a job checklist, you have to do. That's where the secret sauce happens. You know, people talk a lot about work life balance. I think for the right person, there's no distinction between work and life. Um, And I know that might be controversial. I'm not necessarily talking about like corporate banking or working for the FBI. I'm talking about the thing that you're so passionate about that technically is your job that you don't distinguish between work and life. It's just, it's just your life and you get to wake up and do something that you're passionate about. Um, whether that's on the side or full-time, I think that that's the the real secret sauce that allows you to be consistent.
0: Yeah, no, that's, and that's tough because I'm sure some people they'll spend their whole lives trying to figure out what that is and not everybody will always get to find a passion and, um, or they don't get the chance to pursue it for whatever reasons. Um, so that can be tough. One to even identify it to begin with. What do I love and how do I make it my life? And then But I, I going to go for
1: it? But I think not to cut you off, but I think that's t- part of the challenge because we've been brainwashed in the day and age of TikTok where anything you enjoy, you have to turn into a living and you have to make money from it. And I think that really gets in our head around saying, I really enjoy this thing. I should do it just because i enjoy it not because i could turn it into money but because i enjoy it and i think the more that you remove yourself from the temptation to say oh, how can i monetize this then the more the better you get at that thing and then mm-hmm. your ability to monetize it gets even better so it's like inverse but i think this TikTokification of how can i turn a passion into into my job has made us think a little too far ahead where we should just be thinking about how can I do this thing more often? How can I create more time in my schedule to do it? How can I get better at it? And how can I evangelize my passion for it? I think that as a first step, versus, you know, how can I make a living from it? I think is the right way. But again, you're you're talking to Mister Patient here when it when it came to that process. But I, I think a measure of balance here maybe that's the right the right solution. I think is gonna really help people take these these blinders off that i think comparison and social media has yeah. led us to to put on you know you talk about the idea of ikigai right what you're good at what the world needs what you can make money from there's other ones there this venn diagram and then you do the overlap and then you
0: go to the thing that's in the middle yeah Yeah,
1: and you go to the thing in the middle you know I, if you're starting with what can you get paid for i i think there's there's too much distortion there i think we have to start with what do I enjoy doing? How can I get better at it? How can I do it more? And then you start looking at the other things first and foremost
0: yeah, would you say that if you're sometimes I find that if you're trying to strictly monetize whatever it is that you love doing or you're only going after this type of career or this type of job or this type of side hustle because you know it'll monetize better like do you would you worry that that takes away the authenticity or like the true meaning of being a creator? You know, Um, I find that like, I I'm still working on my own, my own branding, my own styling, making sure I can identify my voice in this particular platform with this particular industry. And I've said on some of the episodes, like, I think the best thing I can do for you as my listeners is to just be authentic about what i'm actually thinking and feeling and going through at this moment because i can't i can't help myself through this passion project if i'm not completely honest so i i kind of worry about like if you start to lose your authenticity then like you're definitely going down the wrong path
1: yeah i mean i agree as much as that is like a cliche you go to any marketing conference they're going to say you have to be yourself practically though i think for two reasons the first is the less authentic you are to yourself the less incentive you have to be consistent. Like truly, like when what you're doing is not aligned with who you are and what actually makes you happy, your ability to iterate 600 times is going to be so much less because you're, you're not the same person. You're just not coming from a place of truth. And our bodies don't like that. Our minds don't like that. That, that is an inside and outside version of you. And I think the, the motivation to continue that is not going to be as sustainable as if you're getting up and you're saying, here's what's on my heart. And it's the exact same thing that comes out of my mouth. I think second, and other people will agree with this, of course, like I really do think we're in an age where relatability and authenticity is is everything. I think we very much love a good expert, right? But I really do think that people crave relatability over expertise right now. Certain industries, not, right? Finance, maybe the Hubermans of the world when it comes to neuroscience and things like that. But for the most part, I think people want to learn from people who are here next to them maybe a little bit more elevated, right? They're they're reaching their hands back and, and they're using I statements. But I think if you're trying to be someone you're not, you're not going to have that level of relatability. You're not going to have the authenticity. So I think it serves two practical means um, that I think are essential to to being consistent.
0: Yeah, no, that's I think that's huge. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research, but trying to figure out what I really wanted to talk to you about. And I listened to one of your episodes. I think it was... 554 where you talk about letting go, releasing expectations, welcoming newness into your life and how to pay attention to the kind of like the signs of the universe like you need to be looking for what the universe is trying to upgrade for you. Um mm. so I thought maybe we could dive just a little bit deeper into that particular topic. Um and I was wondering what are some signs that the universe has sent you or what are things that the universe is upgrading for you and how have you actually implemented that or what have you done with that?
1: I mean I think I think the first thing is, you know, this idea of the universe trying to upgrade for you. Obviously that's just a a nice idea of, you know, how can you look at life around you and find signs that you're on the right path? I think number one has been for me is stop comparing myself to other people on the internet. Bar none. That is the biggest piece of friction that's going to get in your way and make you get in your head. I can open up Instagram and look at any other author that I aspire to be or content creator that I aspire to have their reach and immediately I will find example after example after example of people doing better than me every single time it is unlimited <laughs> the amount of people who are doing better than me and that is that is literally putting blinders on from you noticing the the way that you have grown the things that you are doing right it, it literally gets in the way of that so like that has always been step 1 i think you know step 2 is listening I mean there's been many times many years ago where I was like man is this really it is this really what I want to do and then I'd you know this, these are random things but like I'd be on the street of Chicago and someone would tap my shoulder they'd be like hey are you case like I'm listening to your podcast right now and they would show me their their phone and they would be listening to it oh, as wow. they were standing on, on the street little things like that for one that's obviously out of, the, out of the ordinary but like messages that I get like allowing yourself to be open to the feedback and accepting it genuinely. Like, it's very easy. I don't take compliments that well. Or if someone DMs me and says, your podcast has changed my life. I say, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I'm sure it has, whatever. No, that person meant it. It has changed their life. And that's just one person. Maybe there's more, maybe there's not. But even one person, like, you know, I should accept that fact and allow that to lead me versus comparing myself to other people and allowing you know, their example to make me think that I'm not on the right path. So I really do think removing comparison from how you consume content is essential to allowing yourself to end up where you belong. And I also think in the realm of content creation, you know, you know, there's a lot of people who are doing great things and it's great to be inspired by other people, but there really is no right way to do this. There truly is not like every industry has been turned on its head in the past 10 years as a result of the internet. And, you know, to to think that there's only one way for you to succeed as an author or a podcast or as a musician or a DJ or whatever, I think you're limiting yourself and you're boxing yourself in. So I think the best thing you could do is is be open-minded and be willing to try new things and most importantly, be willing to be cringy. I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Like we are so in our
1: heads about being judged and coming off as uncool or cringy. I mean, I write my feelings on the internet for a living. There is nothing more cringy you could possibly do. Maybe one or two things, but it's up there. It's top three cringy things that you could do uh, in a career. And not just, okay, you're in your 20s, you're writing inspirational quotes. I'm a grown man. (laughs) I'm a grown man, a former vice president of a company. And I threw that away to write quotes on the internet. That is something that I had to step into fully to allow for good things to happen to me. So I think all those things combined, um, can help you open yourself up to to what the universe wants to deliver because of your effort, but you have to notice it. And I think the mindsets that I just referenced get in the way. So helping, you know, remove those.
0: I, I struggled initially when I wanted to pivot for myself, like, all right, am I, am I having a bad day or just a bad season? Or is, mm-hmm. is this path truly no longer my future? Is this truly like, the messages are coming metaphorically or however they decide to show up either through an interaction or professionally or personally. Like if these things keep happening, is this just a really bad day or is this actually something that's trying to push me in another direction? And like trying to learn how to discern between the two took a while for me at least. So um, I didn't know if you just had anything in particular through your expertise and through the last couple of years doing these projects and writing these journals did did you, I guess, gain any expertise really about like what's listening to the universe? What's a bad day versus what's a message to move, move on or it's time to grow in this new direction? Like clearly you're, I think some people might hate it or they start to resist it and that's what really hurts or that's what makes them uncomfortable versus just fully leaning in to it's time to do something new or it's time to upgrade yourself and the universe is trying to help you do that. I don't know. I I didn't know if maybe you had any particular insights like that, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot there. Like we could talk a lot about like anxiousness and you know, what, what thoughts are real and what thoughts are not real. I think the biggest thing that I've realized is like, if something makes me nervous or makes me feel awkward or cringy, Mm -hmm. that's the thing I have to do. So like that is my element of listening to the universe and to myself in reaction to it. If it makes me uncomfortable, That's usually the thing that I have to do because that's the thing that pushes me and that's the thing that exposes me to something, the universe, other people, whatever it is. I mean, this whole idea of the universe and manifestation and stuff is like the way that I see it is your ability to manifest things in life is just your ability to give the universe more to react to. And when I say the universe, I mean, Mm -hmm. I literally mean other people. I mean, industries, I mean, followers, I mean, I mean, these things, right? Give it more to react to. So that things can happen as a result of it. So I think a lot of our ability to su- succeed is to step into being cringy and to do more so that the universe has more to react to. The less you do and the more comfortable you are, the less output there is. And there's less for the thing that you want to receive to react to it. So we have to put more action out there. Practically say you just have to do more, I suppose. But it's not, it's not about volume of doing. It's about iterating on the things that are big and uncomfortable and creatively conducive so that the universe has, has more to react
0: to. I, th- I think that's that's definitely crucial. If you, you want to enjoy more of life, you have to find ways, I think, to be more more dynamic it, for whatever fits you, whatever makes sense to you, whatever you enjoy doing or you want to try, not being afraid of just you know giving it a chance because what, what's the worst thing that happens, right? It fails and you try something different or you or you pick back up or you learn like, oh, this this technique didn't work. I have to try a different one if I want to make it happen. Yep. So uh, I, I've i definitely gotten over a lot of my fears of not sounding right or not doing this the best way possible yet. But uh, yeah, I kind of chalk that up to, well, you got to give yourself grace. You're still learning. So like I, I am humbling myself every single day trying to go like, all right, no, this is a growth period clearly you're still excited about it so it's not a problem like it's going to be okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. not being afraid the best
1: best mindset certainly and i think also like i think a lot about identity like if you attach your identity to adjectives like Mm -hmm. successful happy confident things that we definitely deserve and and we should aspire towards you know during the periods where you're not necessarily those things which is a lot of life because you have to earn those things Mm
0: -hmm.
1: if we're attaching our identity to having those things we're going to really get in our head The better way, of course, is I encourage people to come back to actions to say, I'm proud of myself. For one, that's my goal is to be proud of myself because I do certain things. And two, to define and say, I'm the kind of person who, that is how I look at myself. I'm the kind of person who is willing to be cringe, does two episodes a week, is willing to reach out to people I admire. So like verb things, right? Things that no one can take from you. And as long as you do those things, you should have pride associated with it. Right. And not not back yourself in a corner and say, well, I'm not successful, therefore I'm a failure. No, none of that. We're coming back to verbs that we can control. And the more we do them, the more successful we're, we'll be. But we're choosing the right words. Um, and the words that I come back to as a creator are always verbs. They're phrases. They're things that I do that I can control, that no one can take from me. And because I do them, I'm proud of myself. And pride encourages consistency.
0: Yes. Uh, actually, that's really great. I've been... I've been keeping kind of just like a scrapbook kind of journal and like every night I've been writing out like how I'm going to feel in the future. Like I am living a fulfilled life. I am proud of this podcast. You know, I, whatever my goals are that I want to achieve, like I'm writing in present present tense, even though they haven't happened yet. Like no. I have this, I have whatever to try and like reiterate to myself and to my body and my mind that like it may not be real right now, but it will be real someday. And I need to like kind of set that that mentality for myself. Whether or not I'm doing it the right way, I'm not entirely sure. But like, it's what seems to be working for me to try and just remind myself that like you should be proud of everything you've done so far. Like you, you will have this, you have, but you have to keep showing up, kind of a thing. Yeah, so I think it's I, essential.
1: Yeah, I, I like agree. that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that you're you're talking about pride. I. I could pick your brain forever. So and I know you are a very busy person, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, but there are a couple of questions that I ask every guest um before we close out. So if that's if you are yeah. good, I, I'd love to circle up with you again. Um okay, so what would you say has been your greatest achievement?
1: Oof. Um I honestly I I I would say in like my whole thing, the reason that I started the podcast was because I always want to be the same person on the inside as I am on the outside to have my thoughts and my words all be the same. Um, And I think that's what I've achieved through this, through the daily practice of mindfulness and forcing myself to be the person that I prescribe to be in my quotes, in my podcast, in my writing and everything. So I think not a business accomplishment i would say it's my i'm proud of myself for being the same person on the inside and out to be the same version of myself no matter what
0: no oh, yeah having being genuine to who you are is absolutely crucial I, I think that's great what would you say um do you have any current goals or your next goal and that could be career related personal related like what kind of goals are you setting for yourself this year and what do you want to work on
1: um Yeah, I mean, I think practically I'm working on this next book that's going to come out in the next five or six months. Um, You know, I think for me, I want to sell twice as many copies of this as I did my last book. Um, All right. You know, I'm spending a lot of time on it. It's something that I'm really passionate about. I want to do it right. And I want people to read it. I think it could be helpful. And then, you know, as a competitive person, I like to set myself a goal. So my goal is double of what I did last time.
0: Nice. Yeah. No, that's very exciting. And this is a completely different genre, you said, or this is the an, another journal that's coming out in August? Uh, this is
1: a book. So like in the future, the I'm really focused book. on okay. books, like front front to back book books. So this is a book sure. that um, is a topic that I talk a lot about on the podcast, relationships, a certain angle of relationships. and uh, It's going to mm-hmm. come out in the next six months or so
0: that's super exciting. Uh, I'm definitely going to get a copy of that one. I will
1: not shut up about, so you'll definitely hear about it.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, great. No, when, when you're on your, uh, your book tour, come back on and we, we'd love sure. to chat with you about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Okay. So if you could give yourself advice 10 years ago, what would it be?
1: what would it be? I don't know. I I come back to the idea of right and wrong. I think younger me and a lot of younger people, they think there's a right way, right? And I think luckily with the internet and just changing times, I think we're coming around to the fact that our parents' advice is well-served, but it might not be right given the current era. The soundbite Mm -hmm. that I always repeat that I would repeat to myself is that there's no right way to live your life, but there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. Namely, we think that we have to emulate a certain path, a certain timeline, certain expectations, and then and only then we'll be happy, successful, confident, married, whatever it may be. The greatest gift of, of our time that we can give ourselves is realizing that there are many right ways, specifically the ones that you create for yourself that you decide are right. And I think that element of freedom is what allows us to make choices that are more aligned with ourselves, that are more authentic, as opposed to borrowing, copying and pasting, rushing, all these things that you ask older generations or people older than myself, and they say that they regret doing something because that's the way it's done, or they felt pressured to do it, or they didn't want to feel left out. I think the greatest gift is to decide that the right way is the way that works for you. Uh, as long as you're not hurting anyone or you know hurting yourself, the uh, measure of patience and honesty goes, goes a long way in that sense.
0: Wonderful. I, I think that's really great advice. I appreciate that. And something that I think anybody at any age needs to hear. <laughs> Whether or right. not, they're willing to accept what you just right. said. I, I don't know. But I, I think that's very, very useful for, for, for anyone, quite honestly. Well, Case, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you letting me pick your brain and, and getting to know you and officially finally meeting you. So I, I had a wonderful time. Uh, please let everybody know how they can find you or ways to engage with you, anything in particular you would like to promote
1: no uh well thank you thanks for having me i, I love talking about myself <laughs> so this was uh this was very fulfilling um but yeah it's case.kenny on instagram the podcast new mindset who Dis, anywhere you're listening to pods new books journals you can type case kenny into amazon google me you'll, you'll find everything i've written um but yeah i'd say you know in a couple months the book but for now i i did write a book called that's bold of you bright yellow cover can't miss it um it kind of encompasses a lot of things we've been talking about here your identity uh, who you are it's a quick read and uh you know people enjoy it so i'd say that thank you
0: awesome thank you so much case all right everybody uh that will be the end of our episode today you can catch back up with us at ask what now podcast uh podcast at gmail.com all of our uh, show note descriptions will have everybody's links including cases so if you want to follow along with him check it check it out